Live from Brooklyn, New York, this is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture it is february it is black history month and you know that means that it is busy black businesses month our third iteration of this celebration of all of these incredible creators business people melanated elevated creators that we love to highlight so i'm very excited for uh the conversation that we're gonna have today with a special guest but of course first it's your boy armand sadler vegan chorizo poppy founder of bald nigga ballers um many different monikers honestly I'm, I'm really tired but i'm here to put up the podcast flu game um and yeah so that's uh that's what we're doing right now Make sure that you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and all audio platforms for visual episodes, YouTube shorts, past busy sessions, all that good stuff. Leave a review, a like, a comment, engage with us on social media, share with your friends, all that good stuff. Our Patreon, the podcast only fans. Make sure you click the link in our bio to stay tapped in with exclusive Busy Boy content. I won't. I don't have feet pics there, but I do have some cool stories to tell. So you can hit patreon.com backslash stay busy pod. Of course, shout out to our executive producer in the building nick early working at a high level as only he does kieran hurley our vp of everything the man you cannot see but you can feel shavonda shields our vp of engagement who has been really expanding and doing a lot more for us a shout out to you siobhan thank you for everything that you do and Aaliyah simone our vp of data and analytics i want to give a big shout out to encore podcast for having me on their show the episode came out last week been getting really good reception on social media it was really cool to go really deep into my journalism career. Uh, they did their research, asked very insightful questions. So I hope it was a resource to artists as well on how to approach writers and just learn like what we're looking for. And of course, shout out to Nigeria Ely, co-founder and creative director of Tear for coming through last episode. I had an amazing conversation with him. I was really blown away by how humble he is. So I really enjoyed that. And I hope you all did, did too. And if you have not heard it yet, you should go back and listen to that episode with Nigeria. And now for the main event to introduce our guest closing off Busy Black Business Month in a very, very big way. Black is beautiful, and this talented creator captures our beauty like no other. She doubles as an elite photographer and the president of Ghetto University, her current campaign that's been blessing my Instagram timeline on a daily basis. Her art captures the message, a little creativity mixed with a little ghetto, and is a constant reminder that we and she are young, gifted, and black. Her work has been featured by Snipes USA, Fujifilm, Rangefinder, and Essence Magazine. She continues to level up, and I admire the vision that she creates both in front of and behind the lens. Welcoming to the busy verse, Yolanda Hosky. How are you feeling, Yolanda? Ah, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. 
Good to have you. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since uh, we did brunch. Yes. We were um, going through quite a lot of mimosas. We were. Um, I enjoyed the food. Like, can, can, can you tell Ish that that uh, th- those grits with like the eggs and like the marinara, yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was, it was good. good. It was good. They, they've been giving me hell in the group chat like, yo, that shit was ass. I'm like, yeah, I just no, don't have taste. No, it was good. They, they, they don't have the palate. Yeah, I that's think it. that's what they it don't, is. They're, they're just not giving. No, like, no, not at all. That's really it. But no, it's good to see you. It's um, good to see you. Good to see everything that you have been doing. Uh, creatively and I was, and when when we were thinking of people to bring in I was like let me bring Yolanda she'll be doing her thing let's c- come through that's dope as hell yeah let's get into whether you like so <clears throat> whether you like film or digital Billie Jean or Smooth Criminal birthday brunches or birthday dinners sore losers or sore winners so film or digital digital why um well one film is hard as fuck <laughs> And, like, I feel like I am a person who needs to see my mistakes in real time. And and I don't want to kind of discover that later. Um, But I think film is gorgeous, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely, like, a trained... It's a trained... You have to be a trained... You have to have a trained eye. And it's it's a skill. But I think, like, there are so many, like, possibilities with digital. So many, like, avenues to play. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm definitely, like, team digital all the way. I respect that. Billie Jean or Smooth Criminal? Um, Billie Jean. Yeah, Billie Jean for sure. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Both great records, though. Both are great records. Amazing records. Birthday brunches or birthday dinners? Uh, (laughs) I I feel like brunch is played now. So, so? (laughs) I think brunch is so played. Wow. Yeah, I think like black people need to be released from the shackles of brunch. (laughs) We need to find something else to do. We need to find something else to do. My sister, you saying this during Black History Month? (laughs) Yeah, we need to find something else to do. We need to, I don't know, climb a mountain. Oh my God. I don't Something. Something. Climb a mountain. Actually, that's kind of cool. Something. Let's let's do something. Adventure. Let's travel. Let's do some some. But I, I, I'll, I'll never get tired of mimosas. So I mean, birthday dinner. Birthday, birthday dinner. Okay. And I, I like me like a nice, sexy, dark drink. Mm, yeah. No, I was talking to my girl about it. The only the, the the advantage of brunches is like you can do it and then you have the whole day. Like right. if you, you want to go out later, you could take a nap and go out. Like so it, it could be like a full day activity, which is dangerous too as well. It's a little dangerous. You get a little too lit, but um, I don't know. I just also love breakfast food. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite type of meal. That's so. fair. Combining breakfast food and alcohol is just it's just perfect for me. And if you wanna be in bed by like seven or eight, birthday right. brunch is the, is the move. Absolutely. I had somebody invite me out recently for a birthday dinner at midnight. I said midnight. That's nuts. I said we're starting the day at midnight. That's really crazy. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't do the late going out and Mm-mm. like at all anymore anyway. So you trying to get me to eat? At midnight, at midnight, when I'm already tired, yeah, drink and then possibly do something. Uh, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good off that. That's crazy. Um, this I don't know why I thought of this, but sore losers or sore winners. Ah, uh, that's a good one. I think maybe sore losers. Mm. Sore losers, as in like, what would I prefer? Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because they're both negative. Yeah, because I'm like, damn. Well, I guess a sore winner. Yeah. Yeah, I guess a sore winner then. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sore losers, it's like, all right, you lost, relax. Mm-hmm. Um, sore winners is self deprecating. So mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't know. You you lose either way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both are, yeah, both suck. Like the Warriors, for example. Like I hated them for years. And like Draymond talking and shit and all that. It's like, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. But but they won. So you really can't be mad. Right. Like at the end of the day, they won. Now right. if you're like the Memphis Grizzlies who talk like they're <laughs> fucking three time champions already, <laughs> they got cooked last year in the playoffs, like, all right, come on, man. Like, yeah. come on now. Come like on. give it up. Yeah. 
Okay, I respect that. Cool, cool, cool. Real quick, fit check us, please. Like, let, 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 let the streets know what you don't got on. Don't put me on the you, spot, but if you have to. You, you put that shit on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, on my feet, I got Rev. Okay. I got the Golf Wolf Golf. This is Johnny Nelson Custom. Okay. Yeah, I got custom name plates on. And that's really it, child. You snapped. I got a Margella bag over there, but that's it. If I was Keith Lee I, I, and I had to rank it out, out of 10, <laughs> you, you, you would get a 9.7 out of 10. I'm valid. Am I certified? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to come on the show. I said, wait, I can't be looking dusty. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And shout out to the black businesses. I'm wearing a Sandir. Uh, Kwani, shout out to you, bro. Thank you for this hoodie. It is it is comfortable and it is, it is come, come in use. So shout out to all the black people out here doing their thing in fashion and style. But let's jump into this chat. So Billboard and Vibe put out a uh, top 50 rappers list, and it has caused a lot of anger, uh, commotion and anger. I've been getting messages nonstop from people like, yo, Armand, what's good with this list, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck, man. Like, I, I, I really don't. <laughs> we, we, we are a group of people who come together. We, we vote. Like, it's, it's a very democratic process. We don't expect y'all to be happy with it. Y'all always got shit to say. You want your little underground favorite rapper or this person or that person to be on the list. Cool. I get it. Right? You can make your own list. I, I don't give a fuck. But. These discussions happen very often. I was, um, um, shout out to Injira Perkins from Pop, Pop Sugar. She uh, called me this week and had me contribute some thoughts to um, her article. And she also shouted out Stay Busy, so thank you for that. And she was wondering, like, why are we so insistent on having these greatest rapper of all time discussions? And the regionalism that plays into it and the, um, the lack of women that are included on these lists. So, like, for you, like... What do you think is the reason like people care so much about these lists that other people make ranking rappers? I don't know. Like a part of me feels like is it is it to decide who is selling the most, who has the most like public pull? Like I'm not really sure because there there are people who I think like should be included in the list and they're mm. not necessarily like underground rappers but they're like really talented rappers they just yeah. aren't mainstream so like mm. also a part of the list to me is like who's mainstream right. and who who's popular yeah. um i don't necessarily know if it's truly truly down to skill mm -hmm. but then then it's also like tricky to me because rap is so or hip-hop is very diverse. There's mm -hmm. so many different, like, lanes for people to, like, function in. So it's like, yeah. how do you put someone like a Kendrick Lamar on the same list as someone like a... Oof, I was about to get myself in trouble. <laughs> Like a blue face. Like, how right. do you put I mean, these two people? Blue face, not even top 200. No, so. but it's like, you can't put. Like, we don't got to worry about that. <laughs> it's like, you can't put these, like, these artists of, like, different kind of genres of rap. You can't yeah. really put them together on one list and kind of quantify, like, how much talent yeah. they have. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily understand. Yeah, that's that's what I told um, and Jared. It's like, there's no closure in music. The only thing we can quantify is like how much your album sells, mm -hmm. how many awards you've won. Mm -hmm. But even like the award selection process is subjective. Like just because you got the Grammy doesn't necessarily automatically mean you had the best album. We've exactly. seen a lot of things yeah. get the Grammy when there have been better picks to people. Mm -hmm. Numbers, you know, people can inflate their numbers. Streaming farms, all that shit. So like people question numbers. So there's really nothing, there's no like cold, hard criteria mm -hmm. that can provide closure within this like everything else subjective like 
yeah, I, I could say this person, rapper A, raps better than rapper B, but right. how do you prove that? There, you there, there's no equation it. for that. No, like, you it's can't just, prove it's it. It's just how I feel. It's so, so subjective. And yeah. I think people, like the hip-hop police, go very hard mm. over... I, I remember somebody tweeted, like, who had the best um, kind of debut album. Mm. And, and I think it was, like, of all time or through history or <laughs> in general, who had, like, really solid, like, debut projects. And I said, Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. And people, like, attacked me on Twitter because I said Cardi B because I was like that was a solid debut yeah, album. It was a really good debut album. I didn't say it was like the best album in the history of yeah. albums made, but I was mm-hmm. like for what people expected of her and mm-hmm. then what she put out, it was a very very solid debut album. It was. I I still run that up. Good, yeah. Great, great intro, get up ten, like strong singles. She showed range. Like, she did from, from early. So no, I completely agree. Like it's 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 honestly for me very exhausting because on the journalist side we. These these things get engagement. They they get traffic. Mm-hmm. So we we make these lists intentionally to do to to garner that. Mm-hmm. As like a fan, I don't give a fuck. Like if no. I think someone is the greatest, you think someone else is the greatest. Cool, bro. That's like fine. I, I'm really not here to argue. Yeah, I'm not with gonna you about fight that. nobody. Um, and this is why, like, generally, like, just with music in general, like, I don't even like sharing my opinion on Twitter no more because people think everything is up for debate. Yeah, like, bro, stay on my mentions, please. Stay <laughs> the fuck on my mentions. I I do not care if you don't like something that I like. Cool. I do not care. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but with these things, it's like it's like people treat everything in extremes. Everything has to be a superlative. If someone likes an album, they they don't just say, "Oh, this was hard." It's, it's a classic. Yeah, and that generates argument. It's like, no, yeah. that shit was trash. Blah, blah blah, all that. So it's just a very exhausting, exhaustive uh, thing. And also, regionalism plays a big part into it too. Like New York is the mecca of of hip hop, mm-hmm. the birthplace of hip hop. And so, like, people who grew up on that real hip-hop try to, like, disenfranchise rappers from Atlanta who are mm-hmm. great. Like, I'm Thug and Future is better than a lot of y'all faves, a, a lot of y'all goats. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You, yeah. you, you might not like hearing it, but Thug and Future is better than a lot, a lot of y'all, the niggas that y'all hail. But you can't say that on a list. You can't put that on a list, niggas. Oh, it's a disgrace <laughs> to hip-hop, mumble rap, all that bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck out of here, bro. Like, so I, 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 th- I think regionalism plays a huge part in it. Um... But yeah, it's just it's just honestly just very annoying. But at uh, some Mouse Jones said in the article, he was like, people love to watch like car crashes, like like you know how you're driving on the highway, you see a car crash, people stop and look at it. Like mm-hmm. it's similar with these lists. Like people like to see someone get packed up in in, in their quotes when when they put out a hot take or something. Yeah. So that's why these will always happen because like they. They do what they're intended to do. Mm-hmm. They start conversation. They get mad. Rappers. I- Ice Cube was like, fuck that Billboard vibe list. Yeah. Bow Wow said something. Like, a bunch well, of niggas who... Which, it's like, it doesn't discredit, like, your contribution to music. Yeah. At all. It's a subjective yeah. list that really don't mean... It, it don't mean It doesn't nothing. do anything. Like, it doesn't... I mean, I guess if you're, like, really into what public opinion is, mm-hmm. which... I mean, I guess in the entertainment industry, you kind of have to be, but like, yeah. it's not, do you get less checks because you're not on that list? Right. Like, are you not getting booked because you're not on that list? Exactly. It's just an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So very annoying process, but uh, they'll always happen because they, they get people talking like they will, they will always be a thing. And I guess that's just a necessary evil that we have to accept. Yeah. They're fun though. They are. They're very fun. They are. I love they to are. see people upset on the internet. Yeah. Over <laughs> People being so like yeah, emotionally people, yeah, invested no, in shit. People, people be crying and sliding down walls over these lists. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a crime if someone has a different opinion than you. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's crazy. Like, absolutely. Like niggas will dead offer you hands over, yeah. <laughs> over social media if you don't have Jay-Z in a certain spot. Like,
bro, it is not. It is not. Please go touch some grass. Go, 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 go hug outside. a tree. Breathe. Taste that air. <laughs> Tastes good. Um, I gotta ask you: are, are are you a part of the Munch Militia? So I um, do not participate in that group. Okay. However, I fuck with Ice. Good. I fuck with Ice. I think she's cute. I think the songs are catchy. Mm-hmm. I think she has a laid. Um, and she's excelling in her lane. Yeah. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Ice Spice hate is because people are like, you're not a real rapper. You're not a real rapper. But it's like, there are so many different avenues of rap. Like, mm-hmm. she's not trying to be on uh, anybody's goat list. Yeah. She's not trying to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. I honestly think she's trying to get her money look cute. That's it. I'm going to let her well. get her money and look cute. Yeah. We didn't get to review the uh, EP on on the pod, but I I, I really liked it. I like, fucked Princess with Diana, it. Diana, Gangsta Boo, a little TJ. Yeah. The singles are good. People were complaining like, oh, we've heard half of this already. Uh, so many debut projects out here, you've heard half of it already. Yeah. New artists put out a lot, a lot of singles, and they're going to try to redirect that that st- those streams to a project. So you're going to hear yeah. most of the shit already. But like the new shit, Princess Diana. Was dope. Acting the smoochie, gangsta Boo. Yeah, when I'm getting ready and I want to feel like a bad bitch, I'll put on Ice Spice. She's Absolutely. in the rotation now. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, he in his mood. Like, damn, he in his mood. <laughs> but nah, like she's like, I'm I'm genuinely, because like literally once Munch popped, people started hating already. They was like, oh, this yeah. girl's not going nowhere. She's not going to be a star. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, like, th- this is a very organic, like... It was. Like, people was really fucking with it Yeah, and Bikini Bottom was hard, too. I, Bikini I was, Bottom was hard. I was going to go there next. Bikini Bottom, is like, she showed, oh, yeah, I could do this shit again. Yeah. And then she dropped In Her Mood on Christmas. Like, that, yeah. was, that was a bold play, but that worked out well for her. Um, she plays the internet so well. She does. Like, she leans into every joke. Mm-hmm. Like, naming the EP like. Yeah. Posing with the with, with the little little pose she does. Like, yeah. all that. She plays shit very well. Like, she's the only person, I think we, I think someone said this, she's the only person who's, like, old tweets, like, resurfaced, and it, like, helped her. Because everyone was <laughs> laughing at shit she said. Like, she's, she's great. She's funny as fuck. The, uh, the uh, Pink Panther song that just came out, Boy's mm-hmm. a Liar debuting in the top 20 of the hot 100 like mm-hmm. that's that's huge for her like i'm I, I love to see it um similar to what you said like i don't think she's trying to be the goat yeah like, she's, she, she she caught something really good mm-hmm. she's sticking with it she said in, in, in an interview she writes her uh her lyrics to be social media captions mm. which works for her it like, does it, i mean it works for drake as well it's, i was just gonna say like <laughs> people gave drake shit for being a caption rapper yeah but he's been around over 10 years yeah. and people like hey, his shit is quotable quotables take you so far it does you could be a good technical rapper mm-hmm. but niggas not remember what you're saying no so i think her like being a drill artist, like her mm-hmm. beats are always good. Her lines are just, they're funny. Mm-hmm. She's flexing, talking her shit. Like it's stuff that w- women want to say and feel empowered Absolutely. by. Absolutely. So I. And she I, adds a different sound to drill. Yeah. She yeah. has a different sound to drill, which is which is nice. A little switch up. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be putting on my shiesty uh, listening to <laughs> I'm about to shoot a nigga at 10 in the morning. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. We need some sexy drill. I need some <laughs> sexy drill. You know, take a shower to a song. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for her. Like, And I, I, I know people like will like, I, I like joke about liking her music, but I actually genuinely like. No, her I music. sincerely like her like, music. I, like yeah. she's actually genuinely good. Yeah. So I'm. I, I love to see it, and I, I can't wait to see what the rest of this year is going to be for her. Like, shout she's, out to uh, Ice Spice. Yeah, she's been she's been rolling for the last. It's been like what seven, eight months of her. 
being a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I read somewhere that she like picked up music like a year or two ago. Yeah, she like, was dropping music in like 2021. Yeah. But like Munch was obviously what really caught on. But then people went back to her old shit, and her old shit was good too. So yeah, I was she like, okay. I was like, she's like, okay. been, she been here. So lo- love it for you, Ice. Um, Rihanna's performance at the Super Bowl. Another big topic of conversation, very polarizing, very controversial. I don't really know why. How'd you feel about her performance? First of all, I'm going to say this. No Rihanna slander will be tolerated ever on this side. Facts. Okay. Um, and I think she did a really good job. She gave us a little boom cat mm-hmm. and with a little belly baby reveal. Yeah. She was fly. She did great. Yeah. I think she did really good. Mm-hmm. I don't, And I think... Um, what irritated me was when she revealed the pregnancy, <laughs> like, everyone missed the mark. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, shit, she's pregnant again. Yeah. And I was just like, well, how monumental is that, that you're performing a black woman mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. pregnant? Yeah. And I'm just like, have we ever seen a pregnant performer at the Super Bowl? Well, not that I know of, no. Well, Rihanna would be the first. Yeah, she did it. She did it. Yeah, like, I, I, I was pleased to see her improve vocally. She mm-hmm. definitely has improved vocally. I've never known Rihanna to be, like, this crazy dancer. Yeah. So when people were complaining about the choreography, I was like, well, what did y'all expect? Like, yeah. <laughs> especially knowing she was pregnant, I was like, I'm, she's not going to be up there, like, flipping and doing all this no. crazy shit. But, like, it was good for what it was. The backup dancers were great. The stage production was great. Like, yeah. the whole setup was cool. I, I enjoyed it. People were complaining that she didn't bring out special guests. Yeah, it would have probably been cool to see, like, Jay-Z come out for Run This Town. Yeah, or, but I don't think she needed it, though. Absolutely not. Yeah, I like, don't think she needed it. was her first performance in, what, like, six, seven years? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's a moment she... And then it's a pregnancy reveal, so you can't have too much going yeah, on, okay? Yeah. You don't want to excite the baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think, like, people were um, upset because of, like, the dance moves and stuff. But I'm like, if you're, like, a real Rihanna fan and you even watched any of Rihanna shows, Rihanna's going to give you three things. She's She's going to give you a little four to eight count. Mm-hmm. She's going to give you a fly outfit. Mm-hmm. And she's going to look pretty on stage and provide the vibe. Talk. And I think she checked all those boxes at the Super Bowl. Yeah. She looked freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, if you sincerely support and love Rihanna, you were just happy to see her back. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me is, like, remembering, God damn, she got a lot of hits. Like, yes. That was, like, a fun-ass karaoke session. It was. Like, she got a lot of fucking hits. Like, if and I, I hate this talk versus is ruined discourse, but if, if she had to get in, <laughs> if she if she had to get in the arena, she clean up a lot of people. Like Yo, there's she a lot is. of people not not fucking with Rihanna if, if she would do versus for real. At all. Um so yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, of course there can always be more, but like for what it was, I it was I, good. I, was happy with I mean, what do you expect in 14 minutes though? Right. That's the real question. Because yeah. I think people were expecting to get a Beyonce performance from yep. Rihanna. Yeah, yeah. And and Rihanna's Rihanna and Beyonce's Beyonce. Beyonce is gonna give you I'm propelling for the ceiling and I'm doing a 16 count yeah. dance move <clears throat> and then I'm gonna jump down to the stage and run into the crowd. Beyonce's yeah. gonna do all of that. But yeah. she's set that standard mm-hmm. for herself. Yeah. Rihanna has never set that standard. That's, yeah, for and like herself. respectfully. Like that's I don't even get why. <laughs> People compare them. Like, yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense. Like, Rihanna's amazing in her lane. Amazing in her Beyonce lane. Beyonce is one of one in her lane. That's like, it. That, I don't, especially with women, it's such a weird thing. Niggas always got to compare women. Always. Like, all, like people, you can't, they can't just exist no. as themselves. It's, no. It's, it's very annoying. So, yeah, I, I hated the uh, discourse surrounding that. Um, and lastly, um, Chris Brown has just been 
that really the Grammys hit him talking about he didn't know who Robert Glasper was and getting a lot of negativity because of that. Then apologizing, Robert Glasper capitalizing on it by, by making shirts for it. That was funny as so hell. Shout out to you, Robert. <laughs> um, but this past week, Chloe, Chloe Bailey, yeah, uh, promoted that she is a single with Chris Brown coming out. And as with pretty much all Chris Brown announcements, mm-hmm. the conversation became he did this to Rihanna. He said this about Kehlani. He. I don't know if he beat up Frank Ocean or made comments about Frank Ocean, mm-hmm. but like Chris Brown has done a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. And people really only be focusing on the Rihanna thing and how that was so long ago and yeah. he apologized and they were able to make peace. But like he's done bullshit beyond that. Yeah. So my stance with the Chris Brown stuff is like, if you don't like him, you are very justified in feeling that way. He's right. done a lot of fucked up shit. If you're a fan of his, you're very justified in feeling that way. He's a talented ass dude. He makes mm-hmm. he's made great timeless music that, that, that we fuck with. He's still doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still one of the most called upon artists. <clears throat> but the back and forth between both sides is exhausting because the people who don't like him, you're not going to change the minds of the people who do like him for right. his music. The people who like him, you're not going to change the minds of people who don't like him for mm-hmm. things that he's done personally. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of his music. I also understand that he's done fucked up shit. Right. So, like, I'm kind of in the middle where, like, I, I, I get both sides. But I yeah. just feel like the conversation is, like, it's pointless at this point. It is. And the biggest thing is, like, the music industry has clearly willingly overlooked yes. what he did. Because niggas is still working with him. Drake worked with him. Yes. Her is working with him. Listen. Chloe about to work with him. Like, yeah. At, pretty much damn my- everybody works with him. Yeah. So, I just, I, I don't get the point of the conversation at this point. Because I think, like, for me, it's like, yes, if you if you hate Chris Brown, then you, you hate Chris Brown, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but every, and, and he has done a series of trash-ass things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think <laughs> that people have selective memory yeah. all the time, yeah. um, and they pick and choose what they want to make a social issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because when No Guidance came out, Everyone was singing along. Everybody was singing along. <laughs> when when what was it? Wild Style, the Normani um, song when he was in the video. Uh yeah. Take yeah. me for a ride. Yeah yeah yeah. He a was in the wild video. Side. Yeah, Wild Side. When mm-hmm. Wild Side came out, he was all in the video. They dancing. Yeah. Everybody going crazy over the dancing. Yeah. Nobody said Normani. Why are you dancing with him in the video? Uh, well, I, mean, I, saw, I saw some people say that. I didn't see I, I, many. I didn't see some that. You saw some people say that. Yeah, I did. I did. That's all right. That's but at the end fair, of the day, fair. like niggas fuck with the music. So they like, do. Yeah. <laughs> They, they're they gonna def- overlook it. They're gonna absolutely like overlook it, and I just think that I mean there are people out here who, if you're gonna have a stance on something, you can have a stance on something. But like, it's not gonna. In the case of Chris Brown, it's not gonna stop him from making music. Yeah. Um. And I do think Chris Brown is talented. Mm-hmm. I also do think he like both things can exist. I think he's talented, and I think that he he's exhibited trash behavior. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to go into um an uproar every time he works with a woman artist, mm-hmm. um, because of um a situation or actions that he did in the past that he seemingly atoned for. Yeah. You know. I mean, because I I have this conversation with my friends a lot. Like. At what point when someone apologizes and then to to a certain degree uh, changes their behavior, do you forgive them? Right. Um, And it's like, I'm not asking people to forgive Chris Brown, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's been how many years? And I I love Rihanna, but it seems like she's made her peace. And I mean, he's made his peace and we keep dragging him down the, specifically the Rihanna train. Yeah. Um, And I think that that argument is 
uh, tired and played, um, not discounting domestic violence, right, um, because I think that is a very serious issue. Yeah. Um, but at some point, it's like people are selective and they're going to pick and choose. Like yeah. the same people who are dragging Chris Brown because of the song he did with Chloe are the same people who are listening to Future mm. and Brent Fires <laughs> and Kodak Black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and all the men who make somewhat misogynistic music, mm-hmm. you're still supporting these people. But for some reason, I think people just they just don't like Chris Brown right now. They're yeah. not they're not fucking with Chris Brown right now. Someone uh, made a point that like, if Rihanna wasn't the one of the biggest pop stars, would people care about what Chris Brown did? Now that is a good question because there have been other situations where he's been accused of putting his hands on a woman, Curry and cheap. those things are not as talked about. Yep. As the situation with him and Rihanna. Yeah, bro. I, I remember it was like fall 2016. I was in college. He like, he was like arrested for something, made bail, and then dropped a fire song, and everyone was hyped for the song. Yeah. Like completely ignored the fact he was arrested for something. Mm-hmm. It's just like at the end of the day, he's continued to make good enough music to where like a section of the community will always fuck with him and will mm-hmm. overlook whatever he does. And I mean, that that goes for a lot of artists. Right. As long as you make good music, niggas will not cancel you. Like, that's just what is... R. Kelly really got to a point where it's like, nah, we can't ignore this shit Yeah, anymore. nah, we, 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 we um, had to pack R. Kelly up. And for some people, Tory Lanez is another example. Like, he dropped that's all such those a albums. sad story because I can't fuck with Tory no more. Yeah, I don't... I yeah, don't. I can't fuck with Tory no more. Yeah, I used to love him. I was, I was a fan of I yeah. loved Tory Lanez. Yeah. And then he made himself corny by doing... And corny shit yeah and i was just like once i see you as a and i think that's really what decides it for me like once i see you as a corny nigga as like an artist i can't uncorn you yeah. um and then I, I really can't listen to your music the same yeah yeah um and so i just feel like at this point like trying to make people like i let every i stopped listening to tori in 2020 for example mm-hmm. like right right when the news came out i was like mm-hmm. i i don't feel right supporting this mm-hmm. until he's found guilty or not guilty um, for everyone, everyone else is like, oh, I'm still listening. I still rock with him. Tori's nice, great. And I, I just let people do that. Like, yeah. I, I, that's what I think we need to do as, as a music community at this point. Is stop trying to force other people mm-hmm. to feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, just, if the niggas want to listen, if, if, if they, if their moral compass is different from yours, right. let it be. It don't really affect me if yeah. you still want to listen to Tori R. Kelly. Like, I, I don't care. Yeah. And so I think with this Chris Brown thing, especially, like, cause it, it, it gets to a disingenuous point where mm-hmm. like the people who don't like him will be like, yo, he's not even that talented. And it's, it's like, like yo, no, he is talented. They're lying. Yeah. Like, come on, come he, on. He is talented. Like, two, two things can exist. He, yeah. he could be a shitty person and, and be, be a nice talented. as fucking yeah. what he does. Yeah, like, that is that's, true. That's just what it is. So, like, I, I that, that's what I hate the most is, like, when people get really disingenuous with the the, the discourse. So, I'm not defending Chris Brown. No. I'm, I'm not condoning anything that he's done. But Mm-mm. I just think, like, why, why, why do I care so much about somebody else's opinion like well why you want to change other people's minds so much like just let the shit go and then what are you doing outside of social media yeah what like, are you doing if, like if you truly care about mm-hmm. the issue and the topic like what what else are you doing yeah. for the cause other than going on twitter and ranting and saying that he's trash it's a lot of like, timeline activists this, yeah mm-hmm. it's like but what do you care beyond the 15 minutes that you're on instagram mm-hmm. looking like do you actually care mm-hmm. i think that's my real problem with like all these things like a lot of these people don't actually care at all um they care on 
on social media yeah. and then they'll go on with their day. Yeah. Um, and so it's like if you really care, then then do something about it. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as that. But you know, this is a this is an era where people have to present themselves as this high moral person on on Twitter for other people that they it's a lot of niggas who don't care about what, what people think about them who mm-hmm. do shit. Mm-hmm. To make people think a certain way about them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real funny about this 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 era we're in. <laughs> real, real, real funny about y'all. Real funny. But anywho, let's get into some tunes and let's see what Frank Ocean got to say. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Yolanda, what you bring for us to play today? Uh, West Side Boogie. Mm-hmm. Yes, LOL, SMH2. Great track. Let's jump into it. Promise I'll be all right. I've been placing my value off relevance in your life. Promise I'll be okay. Tell me that I'll be straight. Honestly, this been feeling like some shit that I can't shake. I need power to be present. Teach me how to stop deflecting every time you show affection. See my ego break to pieces every time I stand corrected. Hate I gotta bump my head to fully understand the lesson. Part of my progression is knowing I should forgive you. Got this blanket full of lies to cover up how much I miss you. Running from my issues. Don't give me your praises. Just want you to know that even heroes still need saving. So tell me who gon' save me. That's why I'm always saying, promise I'll be alright. Cause I've been placing value off relevance in your life. Tell me I'll be okay. Tell me that I'll be straight. Honestly, this been feeling like some shit that I can't shake. SMH. Hey, I don't know why you keep shaking your head. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the song. <laughs> it ain't no way you still a bitch ass thing and you be in therapy. <laughs> Dog his rhythm off cause he hesitate. Calm as can be, just know it's all in the preparation. My text message is full of bitches, that's SMH. Remember days I was making hate up for motivation. Got reservations, he treat his fame like a prison, I know. That nigga capping, he want his name to be bigger, I know. Now he a pack and he just a strain and some shit that I smoke. Rappers is bitches, I know. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorites from uh, More Black Superheroes. I <clears> love <throat> that project. Really good album. Really, really good, really album. good project. Like, I think a lot of people slept on it in 2022 because a lot of shit came out. But that was a really yeah. good project. Like, yeah, Soldier Boy and that shit. That, that that's and the shit. I <laughs> was shocked because when I saw the Soldier Boy feature, I immediately rolled my eyes mm. because I was like, "Wait, West Side Boogie, Soldier Boy, West Side Boogie, Soldier <laughs> Boy." In 2022, Soldier Boy. In 2022, 2022, <laughs> like Big Soldier. Yeah. I was not here for it, and then I heard it, and I was like, "Wow, leave it to West Side Boogie to get a fire ass verse." Soldier Boy got off. On that he shit. did. He, off. he surprised me. I went and started. To listen to his music again after that, I said maybe he is nice now. Um, but yeah, really, really powerful. I've, I've been fucking with Boogie since like 2019 when he dropped uh, Everything's for Sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that project, love like, that lot. project, <clears throat> and um, yeah, just been sticking with him ever since. Um, so he's dope, he's dope. So thank you for being here. Um, my track for today, oh, and uh, that is produced by Wildfire. Uh, my track, I got Now by Miguel, produced by Miguel and Happy Perez. CEO of the free world now. 
by Miguel <clears throat> closing track of War and Leisure one of my favorite projects I feel like it doesn't get enough praise it's such a beautiful song yeah, it really jumps into a socio-political bag there yeah. talking shit about Trump and saying um, uh, what's he saying like you learn a lot about a man by how he treats people mm. but, uh, I, f- I forget the exact line but um, it made me want to cry I feel you yeah I, feel you. Yeah. I felt that in my soul it's a very very powerful very moving. Um, so, yeah, really great album overall. If you have not heard Warren Leisure, I'm in Warren Leisure Hive. I would strongly suggest <laughs> it. I, I don't know if I can say it's Miguel's best work, but it's up there. It's mm. definitely up there for him. Um, so, yeah, these are our slides for the week. If you want to hear these slides and all slides, you can hit the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG or Twitter bio. And if you would like a slide added to the deck, whether you are an artist or just a fan who wants us to hear some heat, you can hit us at Stay Busy Pod or email us at staybusypod at gmail.com. I'll take your headphones off now. All right. So, before we get into your interview, we got a game for you called okay. How You See It. Okay. So we got some rapid fire questions for you. We want you to answer first thing that comes to your mind. Um, and yeah, it should be cool. No pressure though. Okay. Right. So, <clears throat> song that describes your mood for 2023. <laughs> Millions, TRWAC. Okay. Millions, TRWAC. I, I don't think I've heard that one yet. Yeah. It was out. off her EP. Uh, oh, the one she dropped last year. She, she dropped mm-hmm. like three, like last year or was it? Yeah, it was like three songs on it. Okay. All right. I'll have to run that back. Okay. Best advice you've ever received? Oof. Uh, don't take yourself so seriously. Mm, I like that one. Yeah. Worst fashion trend of the last five years. Well, we can go currently. Them dumbass red boots. You don't like them? I'm not jacking it. I'm not jacking it. I'm not not jacking it. Not jacking it. Mm -mm. I feel like, you know what it is. I feel like at first, when they first dropped, I was like, I can see why people like them. Mm -hmm. I can see why. But then it became like a social media like gimmick. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a lot of people like can't dress for real. Mm. Um, And they not swagging the boots. Like if you're going to wear something that do for you, you kind of got to like flex the fit too. Mm. 
Um, and a lot of people just wearing black leather pants and these boots. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not jacking it at all. It's not hidden. It's not hidden. So what, what, what would you suggest someone wears with those red boots to, to put that shit on? Something as eccentric as the boots. Like, your mm. outfit has to be as loud as the boots. Like, okay. it just does. And it doesn't mean, like, you have to, like, look silly or outlandish. But, like, you're, the pieces and the things that you choose to coordinate with the outfit. Like, you can't wear a graphic t-shirt and jeans with those boots. Like, it's <laughs> just not crazy. the wave. It's not the wave. It's just not it. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. Okay, good to know. Because I I'm, might I'm, I'm give me a pair, so. <laughs> you know what? I saw Janelle Monae customize hers. And I said, now that that's kind of fire. Mm. Yeah, she had somebody paint paint them baby blue and she put clouds Ooh. on them. And I was like, see, hard. now if we start customizing the boots, mm. we might be talking about something. Mm. They, they are very well marketed. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Like I see them every day, multiple times a day. Yes. Like, this wrestler, I watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. wrestling fan. This wrestler had them on. I think I saw that. Um, last Monday. So yeah, like, leather pants on, right? Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Leather pants, like a, a black puffy coat. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of hard. Though. I'm like, he, he, he put that shit on to me. Mm, okay. But, you, know. <laughs> you know who I like? Um, there's this uh, fashion influencer named Wisdom. Um, okay. Dope-ass black guy. And, like, his his whole thing is, like, he just wears, like, the most ridiculous, like, designer outfits. But mm. people will request um, he make outfits at different price points. Um, so he's just a very, very fly-ass guy. Um, but he puts seven or eight looks together with the boots. All very different. All very freaking fly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For when I get my pair, I'm gonna put that shit on. I'm be looking like Super Mario. Listen, I'm gonna look for you specifically, okay? <laughs> what is the hardest truth about being a creator? Oh, this shit doesn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of work that you won't be necessarily celebrated for mm-hmm. um, or recognized for. Um, and I think that we live in a culture of instant gratification yes. and sometimes we feel that like if people aren't celebrating us or they aren't seeing the progress that we're making, that we're not making that progress. Right. Um, and so, life. yeah, I think, uh, I had to learn that truth and had to be okay with doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like literally the tip that I'm on right now. I'm just yeah. like, do it anyway, do it without praise, do it without, you know, gratification, do mm-hmm. it without ceremony, yeah. do it, do it without and do you still love it all right and i do yeah so and i i hope people really get that because i think that's probably those are probably like the top three to four answers for a creator when asked that question mm-hmm. but that's just it's it's really that like yeah. that's really what it is like this shit does not happen overnight Mm-mm. you're gonna be question whether people really fuck with you mm-hmm. or not like you, you're not gonna get money at first you're no. not gonna get the the likes and the viral shit at first mm-hmm. like did you but do you want this shit? Do you really want to do it? So, yeah. yeah, that's you, you. You hit probably everything that I would say if I was the one to ask that question because that's really how real it is for us. Yeah. Um, most surprising fact that people may not know about you. Hmm. Surprising fact. Um. I'm adopted. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, within the family, but adopted. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. within the family, but adopted. I was adopted by my great aunt. Yeah. Word. Also, can't swim. I'm, oh wow! Yeah, I can't on, swim. Sis. Also, black now. and don't like watermelon. Is that racist? Oh, that's or, just fine. Okay. <laughs> some people may not like that. I don't fuck with watermelon. Month, but. also, I haven't seen. I when I was um. Uh, like probably in my early 20s like my friends discovered that a lot of like traditionally black films mm. I had not seen it so like to this day I've never seen Purple Rain wow yeah I don't I don't even know what it looks like wow yeah 
Okay. Yeah. You 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 giving a lot of people a- ammo during Black History Month. I know. Like, Yo, we, a- we, we're gonna have to check this sister's <laughs> card. We're gonna check her license. See if she's allowed to celebrate this month. I don't know now. Ooh, I don't know now. <laughs> don't take my card. That's all I got. But there's uh, Nick knows. There's a lot of films in general that I haven't seen. So really? Like, I'm, I'm 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 with you there. Black. I've seen. I feel like I've seen most of the quintessential black films, but like. Like general films that are yeah. like heralded, like um, yeah. The Godfather. I haven't I've seen, seen that. that. Yeah, haven't seen Godfather. Um, other shit that I can't think. What's of. your quintessential like five black films? <sighs> um, I would say, damn, that's a good question. Quintessential five. Oh, um, Malcolm X, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, is it School Days? School Days, Spike Lee. School mm-hmm. Days. Um. They made like a re, uh, a more modern uh, rendition of A Raisin in the Sun. But, mm. So I, w- I would go with any version of A Raisin in the Sun. Um, I get two more. Friday. I'm going to say Friday. You, Friday you is a good Friday. choice. Yep. Um, hmm. Niggas might cook me for these answers, to be honest. Because <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear these, so these many different ones. Yeah, yeah, I know. These, and these I haven't seen a lot. <laughs> um... I want to say the Jackson 5 movie. Damn, we skipped so many movies. We did. To we get did. where you got. We did. Okay. They, they, That's these, fair. These are my five. Again, I don't give okay. a fuck okay. if you disagree. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. Um, I, I'll, I'll probably have to like revisit that. that <laughs> you put me on the spot. This is my interview. It's not <laughs> um, top five best dressed musicians. Mm, that's a, ooh, Amine. I mean, okay. Yeah, he put that shit on he easy. Does. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Best dressed musicians. T.R. Wack. Okay. She put that. Sh- I'm I'm thinking streetwear. I'm trying to think. Let me think overall. Let me see. I feel like Cardi be putting that shit on. She does. Cardi be putting that shit on. She does. And this is musicians. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tyler the Creator. Fly guy. Yeah, sure. fly as hell. I want to do one more woman because, you know, I'm here for my sisters. Doja Cat. Okay. Doja Cat's season now. Yeah. Yeah. She's She got a very eccentric look, but she be, yeah. she be flexing. She's in a good season right now. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Finish this sentence. Yolanda is... Black. There we go. There we go. Just she, in case she, it was she, revoked she, before. Yeah, yeah. She, she had to remind I, I, you. I, I, it wasn't looking good before. I took, it back, I took back my power. <laughs> it wasn't looking good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, born and raised East New York, correct? Yes. What was six-year-old Yolanda doing? Ooh. Um, playing pretend, I think. Okay. I had like a really wild imagination mm. when I was younger. Um, and I think I attribute that to living in the projects. <laughs> and there wasn't much, like, going on for real. Mm. Like, there weren't any programs or any things for me to, like, get into other than, like, being on the block and being in the neighborhood. So right. I kind of had to, like, imagine a life in a world outside of, like, the four-block radius of my community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, that was, that was me when I was a kid, just playing pretend, imagining being... A super star in different ways. Like mm-hmm. I remember my first ever like dream when I could manifest a dream was to be the first black uh, woman president of the United States. Mm. So I started there. Mm. <laughs> 
I started there and I was like, I'm going to be the first and it's going to be me because I'm black and I'm going to I'm going to break the seal and I'm going to usher in the group of niggas behind me. Like I was I was very sure of that. OK, um, I, I know you majored in theater in college. Mm-hmm. Were you like doing a lot of plays when you were younger, like church plays or school plays? No, I used to. um I grew up in the church, but I, I never um, participated, like, in church activities for real. Like, uh, my mom was, like, heavy into the church. Um, and then my dad um, is a deacon. Um, and so, but, like, when I was in school, I used to be on the dance team. Okay. Um, so that's how I got my, like, fix. Um, and then when I was in the sixth grade, um, my English teacher, she took us, because we were black and in in a poor neighborhood and she wanted to introduce us to some sort of culture mm-hmm. and so she took us to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang mm-hmm. on Broadway um, and that was my first time at a Broadway um, show and there's like nothing in Chitty, Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that like makes you like emotional and want to cry mm-hmm. but like I'm in the audience and I'm like crying like <laughs> I'm like real tears there's like a car suspended from the ceiling mm-hmm. and like the actors are on stage and I'm just like I don't know what this is, but this is beautiful, and I want to dedicate my life to doing something that makes, like, people feel things. And so, like, that's when, like, storytelling, the kind of bug of storytelling got planted. Um, And then I fell in love with theater that day. And so... Although I didn't have um, access to, like, theater programs, like, in my neighborhood, in my school, it wasn't until I, like, got to college um, that I majored in theater. um, And I got to participate in in kind of the theater world as a stage manager, as a set set designer, and a costume designer. Nice. When did you first pick up a camera? Three years ago. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. People always are shocked um, when they hear how long I've been practicing photography Mm -hmm. um, because of one, I think, like how my work looks um and and what the perspective is yeah. but i always like to remind people like my journey as a creative as an artist began 10 years ago in theater yeah. uh so all that time because i went from theater to film i was in theater for like four years and then i transitioned to film doing creative producing and production design and so i spent 10 years like in those two worlds before i transitioned right. um to photography and so i was like building my perspective right. like i was building that 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 sensibility of like what types of stories I want to tell, what what um, types of people do I want to capture. Um, and so I spent all that time like building that perspective up so that when I transitioned into photography, all I needed was to pick my medium. Right. I already knew what I wanted to say. And I think like a lot of artists starting out, like they struggle as far as like photographers, they struggle because they don't know what they want to say. Mm. I already knew what I wanted to say when I started. Right. So I just needed the tool of the camera to kind of communicate that message. Yeah, I really like like the the reclamation of the word ghetto because we grow up yes. and it's used negatively. Mm-hmm. Like you hear ghetto, you think of the hood, you think yeah. of niggas on the street, you mm-hmm. think of violence, you think of robbery, all that. Mm-hmm. And like as we as you grow up, you realize like damn, like the media condition us to think this way about our people, yeah. the shit that they show, mm-hmm. and like sometimes I even feel guilty. I'm like, damn, like I, I thought negatively of like my people yeah. when like sometimes they just have bad circumstances. Like yeah. some of them don't choose that. And so mm-hmm. like I love 
the the kind of perspective that you provide on on the word ghetto like yeah mm-hmm. we ghetto but like we also are amazing fucking people yeah when, when did you kind of come up with that concept well i think um being a person who like grew up in the projects um and have having had experienced um at various points in my life being kind of profiled mm-hmm. or mistreated or judged because i'm a black kid who yeah. who may have long nails who may have braids and bangles and I hang out with people who uh, also dress a little eccentric and stuff like that. And so I think like for me, it's always negative when placed in the context of black people and and this particular black experience. And it's chic and it's high fashion when it's taken out of that context and put Mm -hmm. in other people. So in my head, I'm just like, if we can change our understanding of what this means when it's taken out of the context of black people that means the problem is not with the word and the aesthetic it's with the people Mm. Um, and that's where I take issue Um, and so like my a part of like the work that I do and and what I'm trying to do with my work is kind of change the narrative um, of what it means to be an identifier as ghetto Um, because I think like the idea of ghetto is not only a place it's a culture Um, and, and, and it's beyond the idea of being an aesthetic like it's really a community and a culture and just a way of living and I think I have a lot of empathy um, for people who come from these environments being a person who came from this environment because I understand that you are um, in some degree just a victim of your circumstance um, and you're just surviving your environment and so you may make choices um, based on the environment and 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 the the options put in front of you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm less critical on people <laughs> who come from these environments because like I get it, right? I, I had friends who um, didn't have things to eat in their fridge. I have friends who their parents probably is working as hard as they can, but they have a couple of kids in the house um, and they can't watch and manage everybody. So the streets had to raise them, right? Um, that wasn't my experience. Um, But I definitely have empathy and compassion for people who come from these environments because this is just a different identity and a different cultural experience. But I'm also, like, in my work, I also recognize that, like, this experience is a very um, specific experience and it's it's not all-encompassing of everyone's black identity. And so that's another thing that I like to do with my work is kind of, like, show that black people are non-monolithic because we come from so many different socioeconomic backgrounds. Like, I grew up in a one uh, parent home. I have friends who grew up in two parent homes. I have friends who grew up middle class. And these are all different black experiences. Um, and I want to like tell all of those stories with a specific uh, passion point for ghetto communities and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's a great transition into... Uh I saw the I saw it through social media. I, I used to work Saturday, so I was mad I couldn't come to the to mm-hmm. the, the gallery. You did but like the the, the Fujifilm gallery, like oh, N- Nelson the model, uh, Ish model, yeah. Of people. I was like, yo, this is really fucking dope. So like, talk about how that came together and like your vision for that and the execution and literally like seeing your work on like like physically like people being able to walk by. Yeah. Like, so that cool. was that was such like. A surreal experience for me because I came up with the idea for the project was called Trendsetters. And I came up with the idea for that project um, two years prior to it actually manifesting into a real thing. Um, And I remember sitting in my living room talking to my best friend, Jasmine. And I'm going to shout out my best friend, Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember sitting, shout out Jess. Um, I remember sitting in my living room and I was just like, I have this idea to write a love letter, a visual love letter to my community, um, which is the black community, which is the ghetto community. Um, and I was just like, it's a big vision and I'm going to convince a brand to sponsor this um and i said that two years prior to it actually happening and i literally like tried to do crowdfunding and i had the idea like all in one it was supposed to be like a multi-city um, <laughs> project and i was gonna visit and it's still an ongoing project so you know i'm not gonna count it out but yeah. i was gonna visit like multiple cities um and kind of capture the ghetto communities in each of those cities because like the ghetto community or, or the culture in New York is different from Atlanta, is different from Houston, is different from New Orleans, is yeah. different from Memphis. Um, so I wanted to, or even LA. So I wanted to like go to these different communities, kind of capture the essence of these communities. And I love fashion. And I think like fashion and black people's like connection to fashion um, is very important to me. Um, when I was thinking about like how I wanted to properly display this, I started to think about the idea of like a Sunday's best and like why black people um, have this almost like need, excessive like need to present well. Um, and I, I, I thought about it and I was just like, well, Sunday's best was a slave, uh, every Sunday when slave masters uh, took their slaves to church, they had to, give them one good outfit to be proved as good Christians. And so I think over time, black people um, have kind of like adapted that idea of like Sunday's best and like looking your best. And also like in a culture where everything is predefined and determined for us, like our style and how we present is like one of one of the few things that we have like autonomy over. Yeah. Um, and I think like in poor communities, when you have theoretically nothing around you, the only thing you can really can control is how you present. Mm. And so I think that's where like when black people get a little money in these environments, like we buy the chains and the jewelry and we want to show you that like we look good and we feel good because like it's, it's just the thing that we can control. And so yeah. in thinking about this series, um, I wanted to display the fashion um, because New York is like a fashion mecca. And so I wanted to definitely like pay homage to the fashion. I wanted to kind of create a family unit um, because in thinking about where I learned um, my sense of style and my identity and how I present, it was in my community, but the first sign was like in my home. Right. Um, it's how I learned how to care for my hair. It's how my taste in music developed um, because I took what my mom did and I started to develop my own sense of style and sense of self through the things that she taught me. And so I set the series in a home in Brooklyn um, and I created a family unit. Mm. And I wanted to have a matriarch, a patriarch, children. Um, and then I, my mom passed away a few years ago. I also brought her urn <laughs> to the shoot and I had her a part of it. And we kind of just went through different scenes um, of each of these like family members um, 
uh, embodying like a different theme. And so like I had Ish in a, I think it was like a 16 foot do-rag. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like he had to stand at the top of the stairs of the house and we just draped the do-rag like all the way down the stairs. Um, and I was like, that's fire. And then I wanted to pay like homage to like the idea of like Sunday's best and like um, church and black people's connection to religion. And so I had um, the hairstylist, her name is Christina, create a church hat out of braiding hair. Um, I wanted to pay homage to long acrylic nails because black women are often demonized be- when they have like these long exaggerated nails, yeah. um, which is trending in fashion now. But like in the context of black women, it's unprofessional and it's ghetto. And so I wanted to pay homage to that. And so I created these, had um, a very talented nail tech create these three inch I think they were like three to four inch long exaggerated nails mm-hmm. um, that I think was dope. Um, and then we kind of just like went through the themes in the house. And it was just me telling the ghetto community that I grew up with that like, I love you. I respect you. I appreciate you. And through this, I hope you feel seen. Mm. I love that. I love the explanation. And it, I, it came through. You definitely <laughs> executed. How, how, how did you connect with Fujifilm to, to yes, bring it to Yes, so... I originally um, started to connect with Fujifilm because, funny enough, my first ever camera when I started photography was a Fujifilm X-T3. And so that's the camera that I saved my money for. I went and I bought it and I was like, yes, this is the camera I'm going to use. So a year after buying that camera... um, uh, two colleagues of mine sent me like a posting and a listing for this undisclosed company looking for photographers for this this uh, undisclosed project. And so initially, when the first person sent it to me, I ignored it because like sometimes people like email you things and you're yeah. like, that don't really apply to me. Yeah. I know you're trying to be helpful, <laughs> but it's not really my thing. But somebody else emailed me the same posting and I was just like, well, they were looking for project submissions. And so I was just like, well, two people emailed this to me. Let me submit. All right. So I submitted Trendsetters, like the original idea was Trendsetters. Um, And I submitted that. They loved that idea. Something wound up happening with that project, and they wound up putting me on this this other project. Um, So that's how my relationship started with them. And so a year after that... um, one of their producers, um, Verena, uh, came back around and she was like, hey, I think we have an opportunity to to, to, to do your trendsetters idea. And I was like, what? So it was in conjunction um, with a camera launch, um, the Fujifilm X-H2. Um, so they picked 10 women photographers and it was also the 10-year anniversary of their X-series cameras. They picked 10 women photographers and we all each got an opportunity to create passion projects using this new camera. Um, and it was to be displayed at the Fuji Kina, which was the large event where they had like all the photos and stuff displayed. So it was like super surreal that one, I started with a Fuji camera, wind up connecting with the brand randomly a year after that. And then two years after that, wind up actually doing trendsetters with them. It's it's all been really crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's that's an amazing like full circle type of thing. Yeah. Would would you say that's like the proudest thing that you've participated in throughout your career? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Because I think um, it, it for me, it's sometimes, I, well, not now, but I used to question whether 
and this is funny because I've only been doing this for three years, but I used to question whether like this was what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. Like if I made like the wrong decision making the switch, if like I should be doing something else, if I'm wasting my time. And and so I think I believe in God and the universe. And, and I think that sometimes when you're unsure, the universe sends things your way to kind of confirm that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And so I think when I got the opportunity to work with Fujifilm, um, that was the first confirmation for me. Um, the first time I worked with them, then the second time I worked with them, that definitely confirmed. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. they came back twice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, to me, my African-American self, they came back <laughs> twice. And I was like, no, I, I'm definitely on the right path. And I think it also solidified that it's okay to care about the things that I care about and say what I want to say. And it's not going to hinder me. Because I know sometimes that's like some people, some artists, their um, concern is that if they brand and label themselves as someone who makes art for black people, um, they put themselves in a box. Um I used to feel like that. I used to be scared of saying that my work is for black people, for the consumption. It can be consumed by anybody, yeah. but my audience, who I'm talking to is black people, right. who I capture is black people. Yeah. And I used to be a little scared to say that because I was like, oh, will that limit me? Will that put me in a box? Um, and at this point, I'm just like... I don't think so because that's where my passion lies. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm passionate about black culture. I'm passionate about black people. I think that there are so many topics and things to discuss within the black community um, that can be um, illustrated through photography. Um, and so I'm I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, I'm completely happy where I'm at. It sucks that, like, we have to question yeah. whether it's okay to, in, like, be intentional about our shit being meant for a black audience. Mm -hmm. Like, that we feel like we're putting ourselves in a box, shit like that. Like at the end of the day, all, all these people love consuming black culture anyway. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like, I, I, it just sucks that that's even a thought, like mm -hmm. a, a hindrance to how people, you know, promote themselves. Yeah, because themselves. you think it's gonna stop you from an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to be called for opportunities where my passion lies. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, um, that's where my priorities are. And I think it's okay to say that, like, black people are my priority in my yeah. work. Um, that doesn't mean, like, I'll say no to everything, mm -hmm. but I will lead with black people are my priority. Yeah. What's the most annoying thing that you get asked as a photographer? To bring my camera? <laughs> yeah. Like, ho like, okay, so... <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I get people in my DMs inviting me to things, and they're like, oh, can you bring your camera? And I'm like, for free? Can, can, no. Can you bring an invoice? Like, can you up? bring payment? <laughs> like, I'm not your personal photographer. Like, yeah. for the homies, sure. Yeah. But for the randos, I'm not doing it. Like, right. pack it up. I'm, I'm not doing it. And I think that people think that... And then also, I don't do baby showers. I don't do birth birthday shoots like I don't do any of that because I think that also the misconception is that because you own a camera you do all forms yeah. of photography yeah. and I'm just like no I do a specific lane of photography and it doesn't mean that I can't do those things but it's like not what I lean into and not what I desire to do and so like even my dad like he's so cute um he he doesn't really understand fully what I do and he's like so do you take pictures for the TV? And I'm like, no, no, dad. I don't I don't take pictures for the TV. And he's like, well, can you shoot our picnic? And I was like, I mean, I can. 
but it's like not really what I do. He's like, yeah. well, what do you do? And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I do portraits. It's fashion photography, editorial, uh, photojournalism. That, that, that's my lane. And I'll get hit up of people asking me to, one, bring my camera to random places for free. Mm. Um, and then I'll get asked to do like baby photos and like all this stuff. And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's not my swag. That's not my vibe. Mm. I don't want to do that. Have, have, have you ever turned down like a really good bag because it wasn't part of, you know, like well, what you do? Yeah, mm. I think so. Because I think I measure it by, am I going to enjoy this experience or is this going to stress me out? Right. Um, because like I sometimes shoot events um, depending on how long the event is yeah. and like what the demand for the photos is. Right. But I know that like, Shooting events just gives me anxiety just because you have to it's live. Sometimes like people want like edits immediately and yeah. like I just don't function well in these environments. Yeah. Um, and so like it always gives me anxiety. So I have to like ask myself on the front end, like how much stress is this going to bring you versus joy? Mm. And I told myself a while ago that I won't just do anything for money. That's that's one thing because I've accepted jobs and I've been miserable <laughs> for the sake of money yep. and I've learned that lesson the hard way yes. way too many times yes. and I was like okay you cannot be bought okay mm-hmm. you won't just do anything for money mm-hmm. so and I think that's that's just made me happier because I get to control like the environments that I'm in yeah um in pursuing something creative and I talk about this a lot I've talked about it with Nick we've talked about it with a lot of our guests like. The older generation, so our parents, our relatives, some of them don't, they did what they had to do mm-hmm. to put food on the table and pay bills. And so when you say, I want to do something creative mm-hmm. that isn't that doesn't necessarily have the stability, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily support that at first. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt like it took me a while to prove to them that I could do what I do at a high level and make good money off it. Did mm-hmm. you feel that? that like hesitance with with your family do you feel like you were kind of supported from the beginning like what 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 was the experience like when you told them like i'm gonna be a creator specifically i'm gonna be taking pictures for a living (laughs) yeah i think like for me like my dad like he wasn't concerned but he did like give me like a little bit of a warning he's like okay i understand what you like I don't really get what you're doing because I don't. Again, I don't. Th- I still don't think he understands what I do. But he's <laughs> like, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable to yeah. get to where you want to be. Right. So, like, although it's um, ambitious and lovely um, and optimistic to be like, I have this dream and I'm going to take pictures for a living. He's like, that's cool, but like, you also might simultaneously have to work a part-time job, like, mm-hmm. because you're an adult and you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. And so, like, I had to have those conversations with myself. Like, I have to be okay with the unglamorous part of this is that until it becomes a point of sustainability for me, I have to be comfortable doing other things to kind of supplement my income because I'm still an adult who lives on their own yeah. and am independent. Yeah. Um, and so I had to have those tough conversations with myself, but it, I don't think I didn't receive support. And my dad was just like, you're going to be tired and you got to be okay with being tired. But yeah. if this is what you want to do, you need to stick to it. No matter if it's hard, no matter if you're stressed, no matter how many no's you get, you have to keep going because that's the only way you can guarantee that you'll impact change. Yeah. Yeah. You spitting. <laughs> it's it's that's good though because I know and like I myself like I I don't want to make it seem like they didn't support me at all mm-hmm. but like I had this recruitment job and my dad would every year be like you should have kept that job he was making good money there he was yeah making good money there. I don't I don't care about the money man yeah I wasn't happy 
<laughs> happiness uh, over everything. Yeah. Happiness over everything. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, no, and I love that our generation is like more vulnerable and more like emotionally aware. Yeah. And we really prioritize our mental health and our happiness Absolutely. within what we do. Mm-hmm. It's like no job is going to be perfect. Like, no I, job I, is going to be perfect. I love my job right now. But yeah. Are, are but the there are going to be stressors. Yeah. But I'm I'm happy enough to where like yeah it's like no I'll, I'll I'll stick around here I'm doing what I love to do and like that's 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 really big for us in our generation so I'm glad like we we really put that at the forefront like our fulfillment absolutely and I think um, there's never gonna be like a perfect situation and a yeah. perfect circumstance but I think like at the end of the day like I constantly ask myself like is this still bringing me joy mm-hmm. um, because I've worked at jobs like I've had a full time job I've had I work nonprofit I work corporate like I've had like these jobs yeah. and I was just like this isn't feeding my mind like I, I told myself that I want to work in a profession that constantly constantly challenges me mentally um and for me photography does that like i'm trying to challenge my perspective i'm trying to figure out ways to creatively approach photography to not do some of the same old same old things um and i think that um there are moments there are unglamorous parts of being a photographer like i personally i don't know if this is an unpopular opinion i hate editing i am not (laughs) i hate it so much i'm not a fan and i can't wait till i get to the point where i can pay somebody to edit my photos for me um but it's like a part of the job and like also i remember i had someone give me some really good advice um and saying that like Cause I remember I was like thinking about getting like a part time job like in a random random industry, um, and I had someone wiser than me tell me like you, even though you have to do the things that you have to do in order to do the things that you want to do, you can still be working towards your common goal. Yeah. Meaning that you can be working in a creative field mm-hmm. even if it's not like necessary photography, so you're still feeding that need of being creative. Yeah. Um, and that was really good advice to me because I was just like, yeah, even though like. I, cause I am a full-time photographer, but I also like do other things. Um, and I think like that was really helpful for me because I thought that uh, the thought of going back to retail was like making me <laughs> miserable. I was just I've like, heard horror stories. About yeah, I used, I, and that was like years ago for me. But I remember, I think after like the COVID like layoffs and like everybody was out of job and everyone was like looking for a job. Yeah. I think that was a time where I was just like, okay, I'm going to look for a little J-O-B. Um, <laughs> and it was like hit after hit after hit nothingness and I was just like damn I'm gonna have to go back to retail and then I was like talking to a friend and they were like yeah no you can do other creative things like you can go back into like creative producing you can work in film production like there are things that you can do that isn't like working at DSW <laughs> um, so yeah that was really good advice as a highly talented photographer do you like having pictures taken of yourself no, no. <laughs> I, I expected that. So that shy at the thought it was bashful. <laughs> I'm not, the funny thing is, like, I, I, people, I know people's angles, and I know everybody's probably like this, but like, people never know my angles. Mm. Like, people take pictures of me, and I look hit, like, <laughs> real, real bad. And I'm like, damn, this is not a good representation of the bad bitch that's before you. <laughs> I hate it so much. So I rather like take self portraits or selfies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got to be frustrating when you like really like. Like put your foot into making someone look fine, yeah. and then you you see what someone takes of you. You're like, yo, for real, bro. Like, this I is just, crazy. I just gave you Instagram pics for the next. month. 
really you just gave me some bullshit like, looking come on bad come on real bad and I think like a, a, a funny like joke to myself is like you know what I just need to be comfortable looking crazy on the internet because like no one's ever gonna take a good picture of me I hate to see it we, 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 we gotta respect our photographers yes. take, take some heat listen like, please what do you feel about like so I, I know like some photographers who really be flexing it with like the iPhone and mm-hmm. like the iPhone's capabilities like mm-hmm. have, have, have you maximized like everything that the iPhone offers because they've been putting a lot of work into like yeah. making did their cameras good like obviously portrait mode yeah and, like, a bunch of different shit like I've been, the iPhone be having me look kind of fleeky you know? no the <laughs> iPhone is dope it's funny enough I started before I bought my camera for a year straight I was taking um, photos on my iPhone people were like paying me a hundred dollars for iPhone photo shoots wow like yeah like I had people like oh you taking these on your phone I was like yeah I take them on my <laughs> iPhone and people were like hitting me up to take their pictures on my iPhone mm. and it was like a thing for a year and I was like if I can get people or if people feel confident enough to pay me to take pictures on my iPhone imagine what will happen if I actually had a camera I was like this is what I'm supposed to be doing what are like some some hacks that people should know when taking pictures with the iPhone? So one, always use the front camera. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it's easier to take a selfie, but the pictures look better in the front right. by using the front camera. I mean the back camera. Right. Gotcha. Right. Um, and then clean your clean your uh clean your cameras. Mm. Yeah, I mean like there's a difference. <laughs> also, I like to adjust the exposure when okay. I'm taking photos. Um, just like make it a little darker. Personally, mm. I think it's like more aesthetically pleasing. Um, and then I like to change the aspect ratio. I like to do the longer, like it's like point five. It's like point five. I think one, one and, and then yeah, yeah. I like to do the longer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like to do that depending on like the angle. Always take pictures in good sun though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never take a picture in the shadow. It's never gonna look good. Gotcha. Mm-mm. Gotcha. Well, what is next for you for Ghetto University? Mm. I know class is, is in session for year two. Class is in session. Um, so what's what's next for you? Like, where where do you see your photography empire going? Ooh, I mean that's a really good question. I definitely want to continue to share um, black stories in a nuanced way. Um, I have so many other stories outside of um, uh, my experience and like the ghetto experience that I I, I want to share because like I'm a really big fan of like juxtaposition, um, and so I love um, showing black people in environments that are not necessarily um, synonymous when when you think about black people yeah. for for. For example, um, there's this group in Harlem called the the Honey Bees and Bears, I think, um, and they're um, senior citizens, black uh, synchronized swimmers. Wow. Yes, it's like, okay. Um, so I'm trying to like take their photos. And there's, um, I'm also like very, very interested in like black equestrians um, because uh, I think 3.3% of the population of equestrians are black. But, in, but that number is like small and mighty because they're like really big uh, equestrian communities when they're it's generational and they're like teaching their children how to ride and train horses and like I'm interested in seeing that because I always think of the line um I I feel like it's a Smino song where he's like who's that nigga up on that horse (laughs) 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 and so I'm like trying to take like pictures like that and like I'm just trying to find interesting stories about black people to kind of just show that one the non-monolithic thing and like show the range so I think to continue to do that to continue to um, change the narrative around what it means to be ghetto and um, unapologetic um, 
I think continuing Ghetto University for the next two years because I want to make it a four-year class mm. um, and promote other black creatives mm. um, who are just doing their thing yep. in their various, like, fields um, because I am very, like, anti-gatekeeping when it comes to, like, community um, and artistry. And I think that... Uh, I, I know as like black creators, like we need resources as in uh, money, but I'm also a firm believer that people can be resources. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you're like one degree of separation away from someone who can like be on your team, who like believes in what you do. Like my current creative team right now, I met them because they heard of me through someone else mm. and they were like, yeah, my friend thinks you're dope. I fuck with your work whatever you want to do like I'm down and I finally like found like the perfect mixture of like people I can match minds with and so like I wanted to also like offer that to other people like find your tribe and then go to fuck off absolutely yeah absolutely community umoja (laughs) (laughs) um last question who are some creators that inspire you or that you just want to shout out um Okay, so my homegirl Danny, she's a photographer. Danny B, shout out to Danny. Um, I love the photographer Kendall Bassett. Um, He's fire. I'm trying to think. Uh, Yarasi Guzman is a makeup artist. Christina, her name is Tresses by Chris. She's a hairstylist, phenomenal. My boo who is a stylist. Her name is Natombi Mayo. I love her so much. And she was, uh, she styled trendsetters and she was the subject of my last project that I, that's in a gallery right now. Nice. Um, and then I think the last um, two shout outs is one is going to be my best friend Jazz because she does not think she's creative, but she works, she's black in marketing. Mm. She's on the creative team. Um, for a sneaker retailer Um, and being black in marketing like is a thing and she's a black woman in marketing and she's on these creative calls and she's a super creative person so I wanted to shout her out and then I want to shout out my big homie Ish (laughs) guy the man yes because Ish be dressing okay Ish be putting that shit on we we, we always make fun of him for his boots I love him boots (laughs) they're nice he got his boots on we we don't make fun of Ish because we make fun of him (laughs) but the boots are nice honestly it's because I I couldn't pull it off like the shit he he be doing listen he's he's really evolved his style so much over the years and I I love it he be be killing it yeah yeah he he put that shit on you you ugly but you fly my brother (laughs) 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 but um to tell people where, where they can find you uh so you can find me on instagram and twitter at ghetto yoli awesome awesome well thank you again for coming thank through you. had a great time with you congrats on all your success um, thank again, you so you, much you'll be blessing the timeline it's great to great to see everything that you're doing um hopefully i can get admission into ghetto university I'll, yeah year I'll, three I'll, I'll, i don't know if i gotta send in my my you know my listen you gotta pull up for year three i got you that, year three that, that would be awesome cool 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 I'm, I'm going back to college y'all i can't wait yes um classes and sessions yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> but uh that's another episode of stay busy with armand sadler thank you again yolanda for pulling up Make sure you check out all of her work. She's doing fantastic things. And of course, most importantly, stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me. Ain't
you heard. Got the vibes. Put you on. Got the slides. Got the slides. I'm the size. I'm the size. Running down. Man. I've been out in the world staying busy